0: This is a production of the Gold Arrow Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the Gold Arrow Camp Podcast, a podcast for friends of Gold Arrow Camp. Throughout the year, we join you to bring your day some of what makes Gold Arrow special. Our goal is to help you have fun, make friends, and grow throughout the year, not just when you're at GAC. Since we can't get together in real life, we gather here around the virtual campfire. We have some of your favorite parts of morning assembly, like joke of the day, We also have interviews with experienced campers and some of your favorite counselors. We think it's a lot of fun, and we're glad you joined us here on the podcast. This is episode 53, where I sat down with somebody pretty important. It's Sunshine's first time on the POG. We've had this show for three years. This is our 53rd episode, and somehow, we never had sunshine on the podcast. I'm not going to lie, I was a little nervous to have the chief visionary officer of camp on our modest little show. That said, we had an awesome chat about camp, how she and Monkey came to run it, what the biggest changes have been since they've been in charge, and what she loves so much about camp. Along the way, we also laughed a lot, and I learned what it took to write her book, She and I both love talking about camp, so this interview is a little longer than usual, but I think you'll love it. Here it is, my interview with Sunshine. Oh, welcome to the podcast, Sunshine.
1: What's up? I'm so excited to be here. This is my first time guesting on the GAC podcast. I'm
0: so... I can't believe that we've done three years and you record your own podcast two offices over and we haven't done this.
1: I know. Well, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me on, Soy.
0: It's so good. I, I anticipate blockbuster numbers on this episode. I think we're going <laughs> to... We finally got a fide celebrity on the show. Oh, gosh. Um. Okay. So I think a lot of people who listen know kind of your story with camp, but... Why don't we kind of go through a brief history of sunshine at Gold Arrow Camp?
1: Actually, I'm glad we're talking about this because one time this summer I told like a more extended version (laughs) of my history. And it was in response to some kids told me that their counselors told them that um, my dad gave me camp as a college graduation gift.
0: That's um, a good gift. If it, we're it, honest, but probably not true.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I heard that. I was like, wow, I didn't know that that was going around. So um, so yes, I'm glad to be here to kind of straighten out the yeah. story and stuff.
0: So th- obviously the truth is you're Manny Veazey's daughter. That's obviously <laughs> Secret, how, yeah. how we came to camp.
1: Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, we, we could actually do a whole bunch of different episodes of different versions yeah, of I the like story, it. actually. But no, the real story, um, well, it started way back in 1977, actually. I um I lived in Los Angeles and a good friend of mine, Lauren McLaughlin, invited me to come to Gold Arrow Camp with her. Good job, Lauren. I know. I, I'm very, very grateful to her and um in a very sad set of circumstances, she actually lost her life in a car accident in college. And so I often think, I actually wrote to her family, and I'm still in touch with her brother, who was also a GAC camper, that her inviting me when I was 10 years old to camp changed my life.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: In such a huge way. So my buddy Lauren, um, I don't remember if she had already gone for a year, she may have. I know her brother also went. Uh, She invited me to come just like kids today, who love camp, share camp with their friends and invite them to come along.
0: So you came to camp for a year and you said to yourself, yes, done deal, loved this so much, I'm gonna come back every year forever and ever until I direct the place.
1: That was actually my plan, in (laughs) fact, my family was on a trip to Lake Tahoe right after camp. And my sister gave me a journal, my first journal yes. ever. And my first entry in that journal from August 30th, 1977, was all about Gold Arrow Camp and how they have this thing called a five-year blanket. And I'm for <laughs> sure going to get mine and on and on and on about all the patches that I earned and about the skit we did. So, so I was convinced I was going to come back, but then I didn't. <laughs>
0: just just summer came and did you go somewhere else I conflict know, do you have any idea any memory
1: well I well I was 10 I my family moved to Orange uh-huh. County. And I think, you know, this was pre-internet, pre-email, all that stuff. And I really kind of think that probably camp lost track of us and my family. And um, I just, I don't remember ever getting anything reminding me. And then I was kind of making new friends in Orange County and ended up doing just kind of a variety of different things. You know, I had a paper route. I went to a Girl Scout camp. Once I went to a tennis camp at UCI. So I was just kind of all over the place. But I never made it back to Gold Arrow as a camper.
0: That's wild. I mean, I think a lot of kids are still like that. Like, they have a lot of things they're doing in the summer. And I think to be just a part of that and for kids to come back year after year says something. That they're willing to come back to, like, a kind of touchstone in the summer. Because kids – like, my kids do a bunch of different stuff in the summer. You know how – kids are busy in the summer.
1: Yeah, I wish – I mean, it's funny. I wish I had come back, although, you know how – it could have changed the trajectory yet again. So I'm glad the way things worked out. So what happened was during college, you know, this is almost 10 years later, I, like many people in college, had really almost no idea what I wanted to do with my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, the only thing that had been consistent is I always thought I wanted to be a teacher. Okay. But I was at college in the 1980s, and being a teacher was just about the, like, lowest considered, like, why would you even want to do that? So I didn't have enough kind of confidence in myself to Hmm. really say, I'm just going to do that because that's what I want to do. So I was still sort of like not sure, but thought that was still what I would do. So when I was a sophomore, I thought, I think I should get more experience working with kids. So I'm going to work at a summer camp. So I went to the Career Center, and they had these big fat binders full (laughs) of brochures from lots of camps. And I remember, you know, it was like the A through K oh, yeah, of course. or whatever, huge fat things that I'm flipping through. And obviously I was just in the first binder and I get to <laughs> Gold Arrow Camp and I was like stopped on it. I wish I could find that brochure. Oh
0: my word. It'd be great.
1: To find what it, what it was I was looking at in 1986. But I got to that brochure and I was like, oh my gosh, I loved Gold Arrow Camp.
0: Right. So then the light goes on. Yes. Like, I, I went to this camp.
1: Yes. Which is so crazy, I know, because of course I loved it, but I'd only been there for two weeks and I, you know, whatever. So I was like, okay, this is, I'm going to apply here. And so, you know, I filled out the application and this is all, again, people listening to this (laughs) podcast would not even know. This was like on paper.
0: And you had to mail it in, I bet. Mailed it in. Oh, my word.
1: Mailed it in. And then um, I had a phone interview with Ken Baker.
0: Okay. Coach.
1: Yeah. You know the awards and um, and you know now of course now that I've been in in camp for a long time, I realized that I had a skill that was extremely valuable at camp, and that was that I was a boat driver.
0: Oh yeah, you had that was. You jumped off the page if you had boat driving experience. Yes. So yeah. I didn't
1: know that. I mean, I probably <laughs> if I had been trying to apply as a general counselor, maybe I wouldn't have had enough experience sure. or something. But um, I had my boat driver experience. And I was currently, as I was applying, and this was also in the spring because we did things you know, yeah. late. The
0: time was different.
1: Time was different. So it was probably like April. I was in spring quarter and I was taking lifeguarding. So I was getting Ugh. my lifeguard certification.
0: This was, Listen, that application came in and you said boat driver and I'm going to be a lifeguard and I'm available. And- Coach Baker said, "Well, we're going to call her right away because because yes. other people are going to be interested." Yes. yes, I have I have been in that boat.
1: Yeah, but uh, but actually, it, in my recollection, I don't think I applied anywhere else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no safety camps.
1: I don't think I don't think so. I probably thought that if I didn't get the job, yeah. I'd then apply somewhere else. But yeah, so that's kind of gosh, that's just so crazy to think about. But it was just you know that binder and applying.
0: Wow. It's uh that is wild that you're flipping through the binder and then the light goes off and then. You have skills that camp needs. So then you come to camp, you fall back in love with camp. You go through the process of buying camp from Genie in 1989-ish. And then we're off and running. So, like, that's a long time, I think, at camp. And, I mean, there are a lot of people who have been around for a long time. What do you think are the most positive changes since... Kind of, you came to work that first summer for Coach?
1: Well, you know, there are some things, Soy, that have been just awesome about Camp Forever. Sure. You know, some of our just, just like what I remember loving most in the beginning is still what I love, which is just all that time of sitting around campfires chatting. <laughs> like yeah, For sure. I love just like hanging out with the kids and getting to know the campers and, you know, making great friends with other people on staff and then seeing them each year. So kind of those connections and relationships and that, just fun being outdoors and that simplified, like simplified life. Mm-hmm. Like I love how, you know, at camp it's just like you know you have your few T shirts. Everything's just simplified. <laughs> yeah. you, know, yeah, you don't drive anywhere.
0: Yeah, I don't worry about what's for dinner. No, I love right. that. It's great.
1: Well, that's now as adults. So you and I, know yeah, that that's we fair. Like, yeah. like that is true. As I got older, when I had kids, I was like, oh, I don't. I'm not in my minivan. Right. I don't have to go to the market. Dinner's prepared. Yeah. So all those things became very awesome later on. But um so yeah so all of that I would say so that like, was similar to what we Quickly though, cuz
0: you're talking about like simplifying and and paring down. I know we talk a lot with parents now and and staff and campers about like we're unplugging and we're we're pulling away. Was there still that pressure of technology in the early 90s or were we simplifying from something else do you think?
1: We were simplifying from something else that I think kids are still simplifying from, and that was from just kind of the pressures mm, of life. Sure. So even, um, you know, everyone thinks we, we look back and think that, you know, life was so much easier <laughs> when we were kids or better or whatever. But really, when when we were adolescents, or at least when I was, I, I felt all that academic oh, pressure. Absolutely. I felt like, oh, my gosh, I have to keep doing more and more and more. So for me, getting to camp, even as a counselor, It was just this really, I just was like, like just a break from kind of, I don't know, I I think again, 1980s, super competitive. Mm -hmm. I went to a competitive school. I just, it was just a breath of fresh air and sort of a break from the academic treadmill that I had Mm. been successfully hamster wheeling on sure. for many years.
0: <laughs> yeah, the end was in sight on the hamster wheel. I'm going to get out of a good school because I went to all these good schools and then I'm going to,
1: hmm.
0: yeah, <laughs> something, something, the world. That was,
1: that was the big question. Right. That was the question. What was all this for again? <laughs> Whoops. Uh, yeah, so so that part I think was the same. Some of the changes really, and you know, this took quite a long time, um, but I would say – Probably most important to me when when I took over and started running Gold Arrow was wanting to shift the focus in a couple different ways. Mm-hmm. One was I wanted, even though we were always a non-competitive camp, I wanted it to be even less so. So mm. um, so even though we were non-competitive, there was still like kids were still like constantly like rank. Oh, I'm the best at this sure, or sure. water skiing or whatever. So. Kind of even before the, you know, it became a big thing like growth mindset praise, I really wanted to shift the way we talked about what we were doing and help all of our counselors be able to communicate that what we were doing at camp was much more important than learning how to water ski or sail. That it was these kind of more character traits we were building sure, that was absolutely. the most important part of camp. So it wasn't that what a kid learned to do like physically in two weeks it was more did they learn to be a better friend did they learn to overcome like repeated failures i mean my my first job teaching water skiing i mean it takes a lot of perseverance for kids to get up on water Water skiing is hard yes really hard and especially the older you are and learning if you're a bigger kid and you're learning for the first time so for me even that first summer i realized that it was this was not about teaching kids to water ski. I was teaching kids to realize that if they kept trying at something It could take a really long time (laughs) but they could eventually be successful and that really the encouragement of their friends was one of the big biggest Hmm. reasons that that helped with that so I used I used to always say to counselors and I think I hopefully I still do (laughs) it was more important what was happening in the boat than outside of course you're you're watching the kid and everything else but are the friends cheering them on are you know the kids cheering and all in. And when a kid doesn't get up, are they encouraging him or her and saying, you can do this. I'm really proud of you. It's awesome. You know, and that kind of thing.
0: So, and part of that process, I think in the last, you would probably know the exact year we started doing it as we started talking about, like, we're really going to focus thematically on something every year at camp. Have you seen a change in the way camp kind of talks about and thinks about things because of the theme? Like, do you think it's had the impact we wanted it to have when we started doing themes?
1: Oh my gosh, definitely. And it's even before that. So it's really when we, and I don't know what year this was either, but when we really sat down to try to come up with our core values, Mm. what was most important to us at camp, what was, because we had this huge long list from our strategic planning, like Part of that is going through like all the things we care about. And it was a list of like a hundred things, you know. And when, um, so I took some time to narrow down what it was that we were hearing from parents, staff, and campers about what really camp meant to them. And that kind of helped us formulate sort of our core values, which are now, you know, posted and on our website and everything else. And our, so that was sort of the start of really kind of trying to articulate better the deeper part of what we were doing at Mm. camp. So, you know, you have this list of activities. We offer water skiing and sailing and rock climbing. But what we all realize is that it's that other list of, you know, learning to be more positive, learning to be healthy, um being a better friend, being yourself. There's all these things that are just more important outcomes of what we're doing at camp. So that was the start of it. Um, and then actually, Christine Carter was a huge Im- oh, yeah. influence on the themes. I originally, so probably in sometime in the two thousands, like in the two between two thousand and maybe two thousand and eight or something, I started doing session themes. Mm, yeah. So this was maybe before your time, but um, so I would have like, you know, optimism for like session one and then it would be, you know, friendship. Yeah, this is like
0: maybe my first or second year. Okay, that I can so this could have been like around
1: 2010, 2011. Yeah. So Christine um, encouraged me instead to think about just one theme, which makes a lot more sense oh, because, yeah. you know, as is typical of me, I like to have a lot of different <laughs> things going on, but it's better to put all your focus. Sure in one you know one thing so our first theme was 2012 and it was gratitude
0: that's a good one
1: yeah so that was our very first Um, summer-long theme. And what that allowed us to do was just do a really deep dive. So we could gather some, you know, materials and resources. We could spend time, like, staff training. We could have a dedicated time learning about how are we going to promote gratitude, help the staff come up with their own ideas. So that was really a positive change at camp, I think. And one that... You know, I talk to a lot of kids now, you know, five-year campers or that kind of thing or junior counselors, and they will tell me that it was like themes, like growing grit.
0: I hear a lot about growing grit. That one really stuck.
1: It's because of the alliteration. I think so. We need to keep trying to find those, but it's hard. Also,
0: I think like it's something that,
1: Everyone, you
0: understand it so innately, right? Like, it's yes. I don't have to do anything, like, I just right. all of a sudden I can put words on what I'm doing.
1: Yes, and that's, that's so I mean, true. Obviously,
0: powerful stuff. To yes, put words on what you're accomplishing, I think,
1: for sure. Yeah, so I think that that so I, but I've so I think it's had a really big impact. Mm, absolutely, when we ask kids what they've learned at camp on their camper evaluations, they often will mention yeah. something about that year's theme,
0: um, yes.
1: either that or they'll, um, they'll recite one of the gaspirations from inside the bathroom stalls.
0: It's all about where you get kind of repetitions.
1: <laughs> yes. I love that. I wrote about that in my book too, because I think it's kind of amazing. It's really the only time you have a captive audience. It's true. When, you know, kids, some kids don't read that much these no. days, but when you're in a stall, you read.
0: You have some time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, so those, um, those were also something that You know, that came out of the theme idea and just trying to make things sink in more. So if you can deliver a message in different ways, I think it sinks in better.
0: Absolutely. So you mentioned it. So let's talk about it. I I would guess most people listening to this podcast probably know, but you wrote a book. And I know that that was like kind of a lifelong goal to write and publish a book, which is really cool. So could you chat maybe a little bit about what the book's about? But also I'm more interested in kind of The process of going from, I'd like to write a book to, hey guys, I published a book. (laughs) Like, what does that look like?
1: Yeah. It's grit. (laughs) It's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, So. well, the book basically, and like you said, we don't have to spend too much. You can put a link. You yeah, can put I'll a link in the show put notes. put a link in the But, description. Um, but basically, the book shares um, nine secrets that I've learned from all my three decades at summer camp and also my study of positive psychology. Just little tips, activities, ideas for growing the kind of character traits that we want to grow in our kids to help them become successful adult humans eventually so I go through I tell stories of kind of things that didn't go well and Mm -hmm. that went well both at camp and at home to just share with parents and anyone who works with kids teachers I think it also would resonate with a lot just these little ideas that actually might seem very simple but I think have sometimes gotten lost in this era of parenting
0: I think yeah sometimes when I read it I thought oh yeah that's Fairly common sense, but you don't see that on like parenting blogs or parent like everybody's looking for new and interesting and catchy. And it's like, but what if we just ate dinner
1: together mm-hmm. and then talked about something? Oh, let's get crazy. <laughs> I know. So I tried and that's the feedback I've been getting is that people what people like about it is it's approachable. It's not um it's not another book that just makes you feel bad like you're doing everything wrong. Yeah. Instead it's sort of it's I meant it to be encouraging like really? hey, you know what? You're doing things pretty darn well. Here are just some ideas. Maybe you want to try this. Maybe it'll yeah. work in your family. You want your kids to be – you want to have a kinder family. Here's a couple activities you can do as a group or individually you- to be a little more kind. Something like that. So that's that's why I wrote it. But it really evolved over a long time. I think most people – I don't know if – that. well, actually, maybe – Maybe it's not most people, but the way I've always thought is, you know, you kind of spend like the first half of your career kind of, you know, trying to do your job well and like learning things and gaining all these experiences and stuff. And then I feel like we have a responsibility like in the second half to... Educate the next generation and pass things back along. And so it started in, I think, around 2010 or 11, I started writing just little posts. I wrote for Camping Magazine, sharing some of the things that we do at Gold Arrow so that other camps could also try some of our ideas. And then in 2012, I started my Sunshine Parenting blog, and um, I wasn't a very regular writer. I just kind of, when I had time, I would write something, but they were mostly based on things that we had learned to share with our staff. So like trainings for our staff about how to connect with kids, how to be Mm -hmm. more positive. And again, I've just realized that like a lot of this stuff, if parents never worked at camp, never had any training about working with kids or child development or expectations, this was you know good stuff.
0: They don't come with an instruction manual, it turns out. Gosh. I was shocked.
1: Well, and they would each need their own.
0: They, they would need a personalized one. That is accurate.
1: <laughs> That's why it's too hard. Um, so, so yeah. So I had started the blog. And then, you know, I think it just kind of came eventually after writing the blog and getting more. Like I started, I believe, in 2013 or 14, I started doing a weekly post. Mm. And when I did that, and then when I went back to school and got my master's and wrote a thesis that was like 85 pages, I remember looking at that going, you know what, that wasn't that hard. I really enjoyed the research. I really enjoyed writing it. And the thesis, if, if you've read a thesis, nobody reads theses, you know. They're, not not they're, a lot of people. It doesn't. Well, we know one person who reads I, a lot yes. <laughs> of them. But, um, but it um, was boring, the way it's written. It has a lot of, you know, it's referencing yeah. these things about social skills and this study on, you know, what makes kids rejected and blah, blah, blah. So after writing that, I was like, okay, well, I did that. It wasn't that hard for me, really, because I enjoyed the topic sure. so much. I think I could write a whole book.
0: So, what is your thesis on? Because I, I know you did some research at camps because there was kind of a void of camp research.
1: Yes, um, the act. The whole title is the perceived impact of summer camp experiences on children's well-being and social skills.
0: <laughs> um, how about in English?
1: Yeah, it was just about do, does camp truly impact kids? happiness and social skills in a positive way the way those of us who work in camp always have heard anecdotally and in our own little evaluations heard
0: yeah like we hear from kids all the time all the time camp's great it makes me happier all this but that's a kid at camp telling you that and so you wanted to figure out is this replicable is this widespread can i base some research on this and you found
1: that it is true, in fact, and not just at Gold Arrow. I <laughs> right. actually recruited. It was so great. I have so many friends, and like in the camp industry, yeah. um, I recruited seven other camps to participate. And so the surveys. It was a simple survey. It was a post survey, which is you know it's better if you can do a pre and a post right. and all this stuff. But um, but uh, you can get more data if you just do one collection. So I had. Um, campers and their parents both complete a post-camp survey and just asking some simple questions like, do you feel, you know, more happy, less happy. It was like a five uh, yeah, yeah. Rikert scale, um, five answers. And then also social sk- asked about social hmm. skills and actually specific ones. So the survey asked, okay. how do you think, did it change? No change, you know, right. yeah, how yeah, much yeah. did it change? And it was really remarkable, the the impact. And, and it was published in, um, so Campy Magazine, you know, shared the results. I had the chance to speak at the American Camp Association national conference about it, and um, it also won the thesis award for the psychology department at Fresno State. Oh, gee, the outstanding, I didn't know that. yeah, outstanding. Wow, thesis.
0: congratulations! Thanks. I think, yeah, it's important stuff because increasingly we live in a data-driven world where people want to say, "Well, show me the numbers." And camp has been for a long time pretty amorphous about like, camp's great; it changes lives, but to actually have some numbers that say. No, like literally camp's great. It changes lives and not just emotional, but social skills, which like, I think if you talk to anybody in child development, they'll tell you is an area where we increasingly need to work on, on developing things that help kids develop social skills, right? Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Camps have been way ahead of everyone else on this. For sure. This. So we all know that that's the most important thing at camp, <laughs> the making friends and those skills that you're learning and that those relationships. And I think summer camp's may be the only place where that's like such a big focus. I think, you know, for teachers, they certainly, I mean, you went through teaching credential program. Did. did they teach you about how to teach kids social emotional skills?
0: No, it, the, the process for a lot of education, education. And I mean, you know, this, you've got a daughter that did it. You've, you were in teaching credentials at points, this idea that the content is what matters because the state test doesn't ask, did you make new friends at school this year? And those things are so amorphous. And I think I was thinking earlier when we were talking about like kind of our core beliefs and what we would, those things are amorphous. It's hard to say to parents. Yeah. We think you should be you and you should be inspired by the awe of nature. Like, That's tricky, but if you say, water skiing and sailing, those are concrete things that I can grab, and I can say, oh, I'm going to learn to sail. And I think education has that same problem. Teachers, for a long time, especially kind of those that train above the middle school level, so credentials are often broken at that kind of sixth grade point, it's all content. I took probably two child psychology classes so I could understand, and really most of that's behavior management, which looking back on it in hindsight is the opposite i knew the history like i was a history teacher i i went in knowing 90 percent of the history i ever taught because especially if you teach on a high school level you're just reteaching things you learned so i learned like listen i could write a thesis on the history of the american city never ever use it in a classroom <laughs> probably could have used some more on like positive behavior management and building social skills but schools because they aren't graded on that curve don't have an incentive to teach those things, unfortunately. Yeah. Whereas camp.
1: Right. Well, but, and as we know, so many of our past counselors have become yes, teachers. For sure. And they are rock star teachers because they learned those relationship and connection yes. skills. They have their kids do quick team building activities. It doesn't take much. No. So I, I know that it's very powerful what we do, but... Um, The world in general kind of discounts Mm -hmm. camp as like being a superfluous thing and like you were saying speaking to parents you know of course i've been spending a lot of time (laughs) telling parents please please send your kids to camp because it can change their life for the better because if your child learns teamwork and communication and leadership and how to be a friend, those are skills, those are what they need to thrive as adults. So yeah. it's all that, it, that's the secret formula. So there's not another, you know, study skill that they can learn that's going to, you know, or more SAT prep or all this stuff that they think needs to be spent more time yes. on. We need more time on the things, like you said, that aren't as easily measurable.
0: Well, that's, I mean, if you look back historically at camp, that's why camp started after the Civil War. People were concerned as they moved into cities that their children were losing touch with, you know, if you read the stories now, like, oh, they're inside too much and they're losing the ability to talk to each other and they don't understand nature. And I'm like, let's just change the publish date and republish it because we're seriously the more things change, the more they stay the same.
1: See, you need to write about the history of camps. I Maybe. Since you could apply your history <sighs> thing with your camp knowledge now. See, that might yes. be your intersection. That's another thing that I've really come to terms with. You know how you think when you know something, you don't um, think it's that special?
0: Yeah, you think, well, obviously, I know this. Everybody must know this. Right. Yeah.
1: But each person has their unique combination hmm. of what they know what they are super interested in and their experience and it's all super unique mine happens to be this funky combination of summer camp positive psychology and like personal growth and and child
0: development child development all that
1: stuff and i just and huge curiosity like i love to read and research so that combination is what kind of has led to all the things that i've done really because i just it sort of clicks for me
0: so you talked about your book you also have a podcast that people should subscribe to we'll put a link to that um you have kind of a media empire if we're (laughs) honest you're everywhere talking about sunshine parenting oh gosh so part of that transition from kind of day-to-day camp directing into parenting media personality that's not even fair it kind of but it's a different world like you're talking to parents more about social skills and child development and less about come to camp yep Has been So you moved from being camp director to being chief visionary officer, which is A, an outstanding title, and B, I think encompasses kind of what's going on. So that means a change in role at camp. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm interested to hear, like, what's it like to have kind of a different day-to-day role in the summer where you get to do things like talk to kids and you host our podcast in the summer when the podcast goes back to being what a day, like you're the host of that. How's that change been?
1: Uh, It's been really fun. (laughs) I mean, I think that's, I really enjoy, first of all, getting a, being able to delve more into the themes sure. that we're doing um, now that I have more time to do that, I can spend more time getting ready. So, like, I'm already working on ideas for this summer's theme, how we can train the counselors on it. I'm not going to give it away or anything because I, I think know when this about is when out. this
0: releases, is okay. when we're going to okay. big reveal. It's okay, be well, a big I'm not; it's a big it's secret.
1: Awesome. We we like to keep it a secret. Absolutely, under But, but I already have tons of notes on it. Good. Um, and then I also have been spending a lot of time on just. Like friendship skills curriculums for hmm. camps, and I've been sharing it with other camps as well. And so I want to keep refining that and make it more available to more camps. And that's really just basic stuff that helps counselors, even if they're a first-time counselor, do things with their group or individually with kids to help them build their friendship skills while they're at camp. So that's been really, really fun for me to have a little more time to do the writing, yeah. do the Wada Day podcast. Love doing that. Gave so me a chance good. to spend time with lots of different kids. Yeah. Um, I love one of my favorite things ca- that I get to do at camp now is the interviews of kids oh, yeah. like um, the five-year campers when they're talking this summer after one session I got to interview parents yes I mean we were all crying it, it was, was so they're fun.
0: tremendous they're on the website they're so good
1: yeah so so that kind of stuff I realize again you have to sort of have big picture mm-hmm. and you need to free up the day-to-day in order to have some time to spend on that and to be honest I, I need even more like I was still <laughs> doing a lot of just emails and calls yeah. last summer. So it's a, it's a shift, a slow shift, but I hope to evolve where like my brain space is just on friendship skills That's and awesome. focus groups and talking to the kids and stuff like that at camp.
0: It's interesting to me. You've talked about it a couple times. And I think for people who maybe don't live in camp, like we do, this would seem odd you keep talking about, like, I want to share this with other camps. I want to tell other camps. I think one of the things that stands out to me about camp is I think everybody who works in camp believes oh, we, there are not enough spaces in camps for all the kids. Like I'm going to tell everybody in camp everything. Cause I want every kid to come to camp. What do you see your role in? Cause a lot of counselors, it's a short-term job. And so you're constantly reteaching counselors. What's your role in helping counselors year after year, learn kind of these friendship skills and these social skills and how to teach kids those things.
1: Well, that's a great question. I was actually just thinking about that on my way into work today, just how we really need, you know, as, um, you know, we're learning so much about, you know, as generations evolve and kids' life experiences change, that we need to change in the way we do mm-hmm. our training and the way we um, you know, welcome new staff and train them and get them ready for the summer. So I don't think it's a fixed thing of like sure. the way, you know, there's not one way we're going to train <laughs> right. counselors for the rest of time. We need to keep up with what ways are going to resonate most, most with them and also maybe have a whole bunch of different ways that we mm. do it you know a lot of it is experiential i think and that yeah. will always be the case that the best way we train our counselors is by having them experience it so when they get to camp and they have their own counselor welcoming them and kind of showing them all the camp ways that's really the best way to learn anything is experiencing yeah, it or teaching it. You know, when you have to teach oh, something yeah. to someone else, you really understand it. So um, so yeah, so I, I, I am thinking about that a lot of the different ways we can deliver this information, because for our counselors, we know that the training they get at camp, we've heard this, and that was in one of the parent testimonials. Yes. Um, Ari and Mead Blum mm-hmm. shared about that, just that the training they get at camp, um, as a counselor, and all the skills they're learning can be helpful in their any career and oh, their future relationships. We and have a, a
0: big blog post about how it's the greatest internship ever, yes. and you should come work at camp. Yes, and I, it's absolutely true.
1: Yeah, so we want. I want to keep making sure that we're doing everything yep. we can during that short period of time with the counselors to give them more more in services, more ways that they can develop themselves mm. while they're at camp and sure. develop their skills. And you know, maybe that's more about like setting their own personal growth goals or, you know, kind of in their development. So I'm okay. excited about that. I'm
0: excited about that. All right, let's wrap it up. It's the speed round. It's five questions we ask absolutely everybody. Comes and of to the course podcast. I
1: have not even
0: haven't even, haven't even pondered it. But it's easy stuff. So okay. I'll just talk about okay. camp. Okay sunshine what's your favorite camp song
1: um well i guess i'll have to go with the circle game
0: it, i love the circle game an en- enormous number of people say like moose or penguin yes which are great songs yes but if we're talking about something that just gets on the heartstrings, yeah. it's the circle Game. but
1: then what about edelweiss see
0: i ah, see so many good camp songs yes okay i'll circle game uh favorite item on the salad bar
1: Okay, so this was, thank you, Chelster, the olives, mm-hmm. those those ones that were, um, what are they called? They're kind of the brown olives. Like Kalamata maybe? Yeah. yeah. Kalamata olives. When those popped up on the salad bar this, this yes. summer, I was a pretty happy. Three. Yes, you, you
0: were not alone. Yes. Favorite lip balm flavor at camp?
1: Oh, definitely Monkey's Mountain Mint. Absolutely. Just because it has monkey's yes. face on it.
0: It's, it's a great label. It's one of my all-time <laughs> favorites. Uh, Mallows or popcorn around the campfire? Uh, Popcorn. And finally, everybody probably knows it, but what's your real name?
1: Oh, we're all out of time. We'll
0: have you back on some other time. We'll get it back. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Sunshine.
1: It's great being here with you, Soy. (laughs) So good.
0: In a world with far too much seriousness, far too much drama, we bring you something different. The joke of the cast. Why
1: is it called joke of the day? If it's not funny,
0: I spent a lot of time at camp digging holes and working on the operations team, and so this joke really spoke to my heart. I was wondering if you guys knew why people were so excited when the shovel was invented. It's because it was a groundbreaking development. <laughs> At camp, we love making friends, but we know it's harder to make friends at home. That's why we bring you this, the friendship tip of the week. Our friendship tips are currently in the category of staying in touch, which is something we love to do with camp friends when we're not at camp. So here's a little friendship tip about how to stay in touch. Make plans to meet up with a friend you haven't seen in a while. If they're too far away or maybe you can't make the schedules work out, you can always connect over Skype or FaceTime. That's an awesome way to stay in touch. And now, it's time for another Gaxpiration with Sunshine.
1: We love trying new things at GAC, So today's Gaxpiration is an anonymous one. And it says, you know all those things you've always wanted to do? You should go do them.
0: Well, that does it. That draws the longest ever Gold Arrow Camp podcast to a close. Sunshine and I just had so much awesome stuff to chat about. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Huge thanks to Sunshine for coming down the hall from the Sunshine Parenting Podcast to be on the Gold Arrow Camp Podcast. Massive thanks to Cheerio for putting together the kindness calendar. And of course, huge thanks to you for listening. We wouldn't do it if you weren't listening. Thanks so much. If you like the show, rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. As always, I'm Soy and I'll save a marshmallow for you.